0: Welcome to the Ringer Fantasy Football Show. My name is Danny Heifetz. I am joined by Danny Kelly. Craig Horlbeck has abandoned all of you to spend time with his family. What a (laughs) loser. DK and I are ignoring all familial responsibilities, like responsible adults, to help bring all of you to glory because we care. Or if not glory, just, I don't know, we don't want you to come in last. Whatever you're going for, we're going to help you win through the rest of the season. We're going to do waiver picks today. We're going to go through waiver picks, even though like there's still four games left. It's kind of yeah. weird. We're recording this yeah. on Monday, so there's still four games left to play this week. So it's weird for a couple of reasons, because one, also waivers has been moved. So since there are games on Tuesdays, waivers usually process at like 3 a.m. Wednesday morning. So you usually have to get your waivers in Tuesday night. Now waivers are going to process like 3 a.m. at like Thursday morning. So you have to get them in Wednesday night. So here's the deal. We're going to do the show today. It's Monday. That we're recording this. Obviously, there's four games left. Some things could change. We're follow us on Twitter, and we're going to tweet out our revised waiver priorities. If the, if the next four games like significantly change right, who we right. would add or not, right? DK.
2: Yeah. If there's any like major major news, um, injuries, COVID, you know, cancellation or not cancellations, but players going on a COVID list or anything like that. Obviously, we're going to have to update things um, going into Wednesday night slash Thursday morning. But for right now, I feel like we're going to be able to capture the vast majority of the things that we need to know this week. Um, so that's kind of what we're going to do: keep an eye on our Twitter accounts, keep an eye on the news, keep an eye on your team, and yeah, try and get you like ninety percent of the way there today.
0: Our Twitter. So he's Danny B Kelly. I'm Danny underscore Heif. it's Our Twitter bios are, or sorry, our Twitter handles are in the episode description for this episode, Mm -hmm. which hopefully you're listening to on Spotify. So check that out. And we will, again, we will have stuff for you Tuesday, Wednesday if things change significantly. But with that said, we're going to give you what we would do right now if we're acting now. We're going to go through showdown time. Craig's not here. I don't know what we're going to do about the sound. We'll get there in a second. (laughs) He's going to actually say showdown time. But for now, if you don't know the deal, we're going to go through. Position by position, give our number one pick for the week. And we're going to start at running back. If you have trivia questions, email them to ringerfantasyfootball at gmail.com. DK, Yo. let's jump off here. Running back, who's your number one running back you'd have oh, for this week? Fantasy this, semis, baby. It's important. Yeah,
2: this one is tough, honestly, for me. I, it came down to, to a 1A and 1B. Um, and I have definitely waffled back and forth. I'm actually maybe going to zig while everyone else zags here. And I'm going to go with Ronald Jones for
0: Tampa Bay. I don't he's think this is Zag at all. I also have Ronald Jones.
2: Oh, okay. Well, I thought you I thought Duke Johnson was maybe going to be the obvious pick here, but I think with Leonard Fournette getting hurt, so he had a hamstring injury last week last night. Um it sounds like he's going to miss at minimum a couple of weeks. You know, it, hamstring injuries is not something you come back from right away, and if you do, there's a massive risk of re-injury. Um so, you know, down the fantasy str- like playoff stretch here, Ronald Jones is going to get his opportunity. Um I don't think he's going to be necessarily a like one for one replacement for Fournette because Fournette was obviously a huge, huge part of this passing game. Ronald Jones has t- typically struggled pretty badly in you know that area of the game. He's a pretty talented runner, just has rocks for hands. He's just not very good in the passing game. Um, I will say he did catch I think two targets in this last game, um, so you know he, he he'll get his opportunities, but he's not going to be I don't think that the level of Fournette. Regardless, you're still with a good offense. Uh, you got Tom Brady at quarterback and with all these receivers going down like we just found out chris godwin tore his acl which sucks out for the year um mike evans has a hamstring injury which is probably going to make him miss a couple of games like maybe they lean on the run a little bit more heavily going forward down the stretch here too so i think this is a huge opportunity for jones and i'm just like wanting to hitch my wagon to this offense in general thoughts
0: yeah i think it's really easy like it- Lenny's probably out next week. He really has a good chance to be out the next two weeks. Yeah. That's obviously the fantasy semis, the fantasy championships. And even if Ronald Jones comes in and takes three quarters of Lenny's workload, Lenny has been like top 10, top five back at certain points this season. So like you want Ronald Jones. I think he's the obvious number one. And Ronald Jones is like an easy starter for you, especially with all this. Yeah, you can ramp.
2: plug him into the lineup right away. But
0: one thing I'll say is that Ronald Jones, his conditioning wasn't great. Like he had to get he, Bruce Arian said he got gassed real quick. So, Keyshawn Vaughn had to come in, but I, it doesn't yeah. matter. Like, Ronald Jones is the guy. I don't know if Keyshawn Vaughn has much value. I would add Ronald Jones. So, we'll do a showdown time for Ronnie Jones, and then we'll get to other guys. Ronnie. Okay. Well, so, actually, I'm let's just going to go through say... some of the other guys before we do showdown time. Let's go through some of the okay. other dudes, and then we'll, well come back to let's, showdown. We got to
2: figure out who wins, and then someone chooses seconds. Let's do the showdown first. Funny. And I'm just going to say his name, and then I think, Mike, you're just going to drop in Craig's showdown. Time
0: yeah, his thing. disembodied voice. Craig's not here. He's <laughs> here in spirit. Like, we'll just have Craig's right. voice. Say it.
2: Yeah. Here goes. It's the Ronald Jones showdown time.
0: It's nice. I'm imagining it. It sounds good. Yeah, that's nice. That's, that's, I'm I'm glad, Craig. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Okay. Let's pull up trivia here. All right. Uh, This is from Dan. We asked for Snoop Dogg questions, like Snoop Dogg Willie Nelson questions, like a month ago, and we're (laughs) just getting to them. I don't know. It's from Dan. Mm, Dan. Snoop Dogg has a designated weed roller on staff. Nice. How much does Snoop Dog's designated weed roller get paid?
2: <laughs> designated weed roller. I mean, so can we assume that's a full-time gig?
0: Yeah, and he probably travels with him.
2: Yeah, so like, like all everywhere. that. I'm going to say I don't know, 85k.
0: That's it's, literally the number I was going Maybe say. it's maybe <laughs> it's way <laughs> higher. Literally, yeah. Let's say 100. Okay. Cuz he has to travel with him everywhere. Yeah. So
2: you're gonna say 85K?
0: No, you said eighty-five, I'll say hundred. All right. The answer is Oh, it just pays them forty or fifty grand.
2: (laughs) Oh. I think we are projecting. We're like, man, I want to do that job. That sounds awesome. Get to see the see the country, see the world. I'll roll weed for 100 grand to travel sneak dog
0: Yeah, sure thing.
2: (laughs) So it's only forty to fifty, huh? That's a little bit surprising. I guess it's not like the hardest job ever. It's probably not.
0: Now that I think about it.
2: It is like, it's like the, uh, the taken thing. I have a very specific set of skills. <laughs> <laughs> you, but the, the r- you
0: have to be really good at it.
2: Yeah. I, well, I maybe, believe it. Yeah. yeah. All
0: right. All right. So I won. You get Ronald Jones. By default. So yep. I actually, so you said the obvious thing of like one B is Duke Johnson. I actually am not picking Duke Johnson and that's kind of, I'll just start with okay. him, even though I don't okay. want him as my second pick. I don't think, like, Duke Johnson's a fun story. We gave him the Cal Naughton Jr. Award or Ricky Bobby Award for, like, you stole my <laughs> just life. took like, over
2: He just took Gaskin's Miles Gaskin's life.
0: role. Yeah. Here's the thing. Dude, a very specific set of, like, specific set of skills, a specific mm-hmm. set of circumstances led to Duke Johnson having, be, through Sunday, he was, like, the number right. one running back for the week. Who knows what happens the next four games. But, like, that had to have Miles Gaskin and Salvin Ahmed coming off the COVID list and not practicing all week. And Malcolm Brown for the Dolphins didn't come off injured reserve. And they played the Jets, who have like right. the worst run defense in football. Right now, you're going to have a week where Miles Gaskin and Salvon Admed practice the whole week. Malcolm Brown might come off IR, so instead of basically also one Philip Lindsey still in the mix somewhere, and Philip Lindsay, we'll see what happens with the COVID list. It, that's a good point. You're somewhere between instead of one running back basically practicing with the Dolphins all week, you'll have like five, maybe, depending yeah. how it goes. Yeah. Not to mention they're playing the Saints who are like the best run defense in the entire NFL. So, just he had 100 yard plus yards, he had two touchdowns. The Saints just blanked the Buccaneers. <laughs> now they literally playing the Dolphins. shut them out. Was, literally yeah. shut them out. So, I have I mean also the like the Saints I have no chance, no optimism. The Dolphins are going to run on the Saints defense. It's so risky to play Duke Johnson. Yeah, he might be active and you don't even know what the breakdown is going to be. It just seems like a fool's errand. I don't want any part of that in your fantasy semis. The guy I'm going to go with is Justin Jackson for the Chargers. We literally just learned Austin Eckler got put on the COVID list. We don't even know what that means anymore, to be honest with you, because now with these new rules, you can be taken off on a day's notice. It's going to matter a lot whether Eckler's vaccinated for how quickly he can come off. Like, we'll learn all that in due time. You might be listening to this now, and maybe it's already dated. But as of right now, I think Justin Jackson makes a lot of sense. Because even before Austin Eckler was put on the COVID list, they needed to manage his workload anyway. This is, like, by far, far and away the most touches Austin Eckler's ever had in his career. It's starting to wear on him. Just, like, general maintenance. But also, his ankle's been bothering him. They were giving Justin Jackson more flat. I think even if Eckler plays... Justin Jackson's like a touchdown dependent flex option. If Eckler doesn't play, Justin Jackson's like a like a maybe a top twenty option. So that's the kind of guy I would add, especially because if you don't have Austin Eckler, someone in your league in the playoffs that you might face probably does have Austin Eckler. At the very least, that's like a good thing to, you know, they get weaker. Yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's hard because of, you know, we'll see about when he comes off. And obviously I hope Austin Eckler's okay. But I think Justin Jackson's definitely the guy I would add.
2: Yep. I agree. I think that's a good one. The only other person I would put on here and maybe maybe take before I pick up uh, Justin Jackson, although I think I do agree with you that he's probably the priority here, is Craig Reynolds for, um, for the Lions who has come out of nowhere number 46 on the Lions and been really pretty impressive, like breaking a lot of tackles, getting a lot of carries. He had 26 carries for 112 yards yesterday against uh, Arizona. Obviously, you know, I think part of the reason that he got that big of a workload and did that well in fantasy was because the Lions were surprisingly ahead for most of this game. Now, can we count on that? Well, also,
0: because Jamal Williams is out on the COVID sure. list, DeAndre Swift is hurt, and TJ Hawkinson's hurt. Yes. Hawkinson's out for the season. The question is if DeAndre Swift comes back or if Jamal Williams comes off right. the list. Jamal right. Williams is probably going to come off the COVID list. DeAndre Swift, I'm not so sure he'll come back. I think the question I, yeah. is, what, what if Craig Reynolds... What's his role? But they're playing the Falcons next week. The Falcons suck. I actually think he got 26 carries. Yeah. Like, if you split that in half, that's still 13 carries for Craig Reynolds. Like, that's mm-hmm. a flexible thing. Like, you could flex Craig Reynolds if you have to. If Swift and Williams comes back, he's probably not even rosterable. Right. But I think Craig Reynolds you could probably play if Jamal Williams comes back. Here's my real question. Would you rather have Craig Reynolds on your team or have Craig Horlbeck return to this podcast? <laughs>
2: <laughs> Definitely have Craig Horlbeck return to the podcast. Uh, you know, it just brings good energy.
0: He's a, a good guy. Do you think Craig would wear number 46 if we had numbers? Do you think he would wear number 46?
2: <laughs> Craig is like, intern Craig was wearing number 46, and then when he became full-time Craig a couple of years ago, back when this was the Danasy podcast, um, that was when he like switched to a single digit, you know?
0: Yeah. You know what sneakily number I love is Najee Harris's, he's 22. I love 22 mm. for running back. I can't, like, yeah. I don't even know what other running back is. Aesthetically pleasing number. It, it's, it's better than I thought.
2: Yeah. Anyway, I've always we should like rank, I've
0: always I regret 20. not power hour ranking numbers. That was a huge mistake. <laughs> <on RL>. uh, <laughs> that was a ridiculous. huge issue.
2: Uh, so, yeah, I'd say so to round it all out. Ronald Jones, I think, is our
0: clear number one here. Well, let me let me throw out a couple more guys here. Sure. Because there's another bucket here. So the last one I want to mention for this, like not top tier, but a good tier is Samaji Piran for the Bengals. Yep. Joe Mixon hurt his ankle against the Bengals. or So not against the Bengals. He's on the Bengals. He hurt his ankle in this game. He, like, he had already dealt with issues at this ankle during the week, and then he hurt it, and he left. I think he came back and he hurt again. I don't know. Maybe he could have played if the game was closer. I don't know. He seemed all right. Sometimes that's a bad sign. But I don't know if Joe Mixon's going to miss any time. But an important note is that even when Joe Mixon has been playing, like he's... Samaji Piran's getting run. Like, mm-hmm. uh, like Samaji Piran's playing. So if yeah. Joe Mixon has this injury, and even if he plays but they have to limit his workload a little bit. Samaji P. Ryan is an interesting guy. And obviously, if Mixon does not play and someone else in your playoffs has Joe Mixon, it's kind of like the Justin Jackson thing. We're just having a guy, well, oh, look, Mixon's actually ruled out for this game. And then you have the guy replacing Joe Mixon. That's a huge swing. Yeah. yeah. So that's the interesting thing, I think, this week.
2: Yeah, he's has guy a on few my list. guys.
0: The reason Ronald Jones is my clear number one this week is because Leonard Fournette, as of right now on Monday, is um, is really unlikely to play on Sunday, and Ronald Jones will step in for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He's tier one all in himself. Tier two is, to me, three guys you can put in it, it, really, that will order themselves out as news breaks during the week, and you should keep track of it. Justin Jackson, Craig Reynolds, and Samaji P. Ryan are in the second group. because Justin. Johnson? No, not Duke Johnson. Justin Jackson, Craig Reynolds, and Samaji P. Ryan are all in a tier two for me because they're all the same thing. If the guy ahead of them Doesn't play this week they'll be really good if Mixon doesn't play and Pirine does that's a great ad if just if Eckler doesn't play and Justin Jackson starts he's a really good ad and then Craig Reynolds is great if Jamal Williams and Swift stay out Mm -hmm. and but they all could still be like a trench option right if the guys like they're not useless if the if the guy ahead of them plays because they're the guys ahead of them are all probably banged up enough that they're still going to get a role does that make sense
2: Yes, but I still think I would put Duke Johnson higher. Like, I I feel like I think there's a pretty strong chance Duke Johnson is just like the lead guy going forward.
0: He could be. I'm just concerned. Like, he's look, he's certainly in that tier. Yeah. I'm just a little worried of like, oh, we had two touchdowns, 130 yards. It's the Jets. Right. They're the worst run defense in the NFL. The Saints. I, I I'll pull it. Let me pull this up right now. It's because. risky
2: as all hell to start Duke Johnson this week. It's one of those things like it could really pay off, or he could just be one of like a three or four man rotation.
0: You know, here is my issue huh. with the Saints. I am just concerned, but you are right. All right, Duke Johnson blows in the tier. Where would you add Duke Johnson? Am I being am I being crazy and alarmist? No, in, like, I, don't, I mean I don't think you crazy. I just
2: I just think Duke Johnson is worth adding. It is. It's almost like a whole a wholly different story here with Duke Johnson is because. I don't necessarily think you should start Duke Johnson this week. So that's like where he's differentiated from like Ronald Jones. I think you can plug him right into your lineup. Craig Reynolds, Justin Jackson, Samaj P. Ryan. If everything works out like injury wise for the other guys are out on these teams, like you can plug these guys into your lineups and feel pretty good about it. Duke Johnson is going to be a leap of faith. So that's, I think, where you have to put him into a different category. However, like if you're looking ahead to like week 16, say Duke Johnson plays again. Are the, uh, this week, and he's like the lead guy, clear-cut lead guy, going into week uh, 16, or week 17, sorry, um, like, that's where he becomes very valuable. So, I don't know, it's, it's one of those things where, do you need someone this week, or are you just trying to, like, have the best roster overall? Um, I think that's where Duke Johnson is a little bit differentiated, but...
0: And here's the real answer, which very luckily for me is a complete cop-out. We're recording this on Monday, you gotta wait. Like yeah. on Wednesday, when you're actually putting in your waivers, because again, waivers are gonna go through Wednesday night, Thursday morning overnight, that's where you wanna check in. All right, is Austin Eckler vaccinated and or is he expected to come off the COVID list? In which case, Justin Jackson less valuable. Is Joe Mixon's ankle injury fine? Or is it worse than we thought? Then that raises or lowers Samaji P. Ryan is Jamal Williams gonna come off, is DeAndre Swift gonna play? Those things change it. If those if all those running backs come back, maybe Duke Johnson's number two. If those running backs are all trending back, maybe it's number five. That's my total cop-out answer. I also think it's the right answer is yeah. like, check it back in on this on Wednesday. And we'll be tweeting out, um, based on the new information, what we would do and what our revised thing is. Having said that, right now, I actually would take Justin Jackson based on Eckler being on COVID list. But again, even if Eckler's vaccinated, that might change the answer. Okay. Yep. Other ones, if you're in a deeper league, Latavius Murray, just want to throw him out as like a desperation, true desperation option. The Ravens with Devontae Freeman like seem to be really much more equal in that backfield now with Murray and Freeman ugly but could work Amir Abdullah for the Panthers yeah, um, yeah. he got a lot of receiving work if you're in full PPR Amir Abdullah he got a touchdown but like again they're playing the Bucks. we'll see and then Rex Burkhead against the Chargers actually is a really weird one but Rex Burkhead's back and yeah. they're playing the Chargers the Chargers kind of philosophically don't mind giving up rushing yards and again really really real trench option if you're in like 12-14 team league Rex Burkhead maybe God that's disgusting though Let's get to receivers. Yes. I mean. Some nice options
2: this week at receiver, it's actually. It's,
0: the, number one's Amon Ross St. Brown, right?
2: Yep. That's why I have okay. number one that's right insane. now. He is just balling out. Uh, last three weeks, target numbers, 11, 12, 12. Like, that is all you really need to know. Yeah, but he's 35
0: targets. It's,
2: yeah. That's it. Uh, past that, though, like, he's looked good. Like, the Detroit offense has been a little bit better than I think people give him credit for. And, importantly, crucially, Detroit plays Atlanta next week. So this is a this is a guy that you could feel pretty damn confident plugging into your starting lineup. Not even at the flex. Like, you could put him at wide receiver, too, and I'm fine with that. Um, he's just been playing that well and getting that much volume. Um, and so, yeah, I think he's like, right now, he's 29% rostered on Yahoo. He's still out there in a lot of leagues. Go pick him up immediately. He's the number one receiver, I think, this week. Um, he's who you had first two Heifetz?
0: Yeah, I mean, he's top five in targets over the last three weeks. Like, you want him on receipt Brown, And the yeah. reason he's doing that is sustainable, because Hawkinson's out. And I don't know if Swift is I, I
2: don't think Swift is coming back. I heard today, I think uh, Campbell said he's week-to-week, day-to-day. Week-to-week, yeah. week, uh, comma, day-to-day, whatever the fuck that whatever means. Whatever that means.
0: The point yeah. is, Oman number one. And then I'm going to go ahead and lay him and say 1B is Gabe Davis, who we've yeah. been plugging for a few weeks here.
2: Well, let's do, it. let's do a showdown time, see who wins this, and then we can talk about Gabe Dave. All right. All right. It is the... I'm on Ross St. Brown. Showdown time! It's
0: nice. Thanks, thanks like Craig. Thanks, here. thanks, Craig. Appreciate it's it. Like Craig's here. Good for him. It's from Andrew. Andrew. How many Michelin star restaurants are there in the world? <laughs> <laughs> I like this. I love Chef's Table on Netflix so much. It's honest, It's one of my absolute favorite things in the world, are there the Chef's Table.
2: This is going to probably be a stupid question. Are there Michelin star restaurants outside the United States? I'm sure yes. there are. Okay. Abso-
0: uh, yes. It's a global thing.
2: Got it. Jeez, um, who knows? Let's see. Wow, Michelin star. So, by the way, I think the etymology of the Michelin star for restaurants is wasn't it like this is the distance you should be willing to drive to go to this restaurant? That's yeah, why it's from
0: the it's the it's actually the tire company Michelin, and it's right. like a tire thing. It's like how far you should drive. And I think
2: <laughs> so. Weird. I think
0: um, I don't remember exactly what it is, but one of them. It's like 100, 200 miles, 500 miles, and then three-star Michelin is it is worth visiting this country just to eat at the restaurant.
2: <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, wow, this is. Do interesting. you have a number in your head?
0: Not yet. I feel yet. like there's oh, a lot of them. They're all I bet over there's the place. L- I'm gonna go with 400.
2: Yeah, I was thinking. This is gonna sound terrible. I was thinking way higher. I'm gonna go with uh, 1500. I just think oh, it's kind shit. of a lot. You said how many? Fifteen
0: hundred. Oh shit! You're gonna win. There's two thousand six hundred and fifty-one.
2: Nice. So you're way close. Nice. That
0: makes more sense now that I think about it. Yeah,
2: there's a lot. I feel like there's there's a couple in every major city. Plus, there's random one-off places just like in Podunkville that like happen to attract like a superstar chef or whatever you know. Um, so, have you ever seen
0: Chef's kind of- Table on Netflix? I think so. I've, I love Chef's Table so much. It is. If anyone listening, there are two episodes of Chef's Table that, that will rock your world. One of the season four, Grant Ackett's A-C-H-A-T-Z. That is an incredible episode. And the other one is my girl, Jean Quan. It's an episode. It's like chefs and they're all like, it's just chefs being chefs and it's like them as artists. There's one episode It's not <laughs> chefs about a chef. Chefs. It's about a monk. It's literally just a woman who's a monk. And that oh, that's episode will change oh, your I goddamn life. I have seen life. that one. I have seen that one. That episode will change your life. It's that one is really cool.
2: Uh, John Quan, baby. Okay. I don't remember what there's a show on Netflix or one of the streaming services that had um, it's like Barbecue Masters or something like that. And, and there's there is a Chef's
0: Table barbecue series. I haven't seen the Barbecue Masters one.
2: There's uh, there's one about Rodney Scott who has yeah. a barbecue joint in Charleston. Well, so he he had his, his old one was like somewhere in deep woods in, in South Carolina. Now it's in Charleston. But I went there and it was like incredibly good. Like, I'm not the kind of person who is like talking up a restaurant typically because I don't know jack shit about that. But like when I went there, I was like, this is clearly better than anything I've ever eaten before in my life. Like what the hell, hell yeah. are they doing this place? Um, wonderful. So anyways, that's my shout out to Rodney Scott's. Um, All right. Um, so I get, get we'll fantasy football. Yeah,
0: you get him on with St. Brown. I'm going to take Gabe Davis. This is kind of easy. Like, yeah, yeah, 85 yards and two touchdowns. He's clearly, even if Emmanuel Sanders were to get healthy, like Gabe Davis is clearly better. He's gonna play like I, Gabe Davis is a great option. Yeah, I think, I think that's the, the easy. The only
2: thing you have to keep in mind here is if Sanders is gonna play, that's like I think it does make it a little more risky. However, I agree with you. I think like at, at this point, like why not just feature him? Like he's clearly playing. He's well. still
0: better than the other options. I, I, yeah. I just he's better than the other options. So I think it's Amon Ra number one, Gabe Davis number two, and then let's go through the other ones. I think the other guys in contention. So uh, the obvious cloud looming over all this is so Mike Evans and Chris Godwin both just got hurt for Tampa Bay. Yeah. Uh, Godwin's out for the season. Mike Evans has a hamstring for fantasy purposes. Mike Evans is also probably out for the fantasy season. At yeah, least he's out for next most week. Most likely. So with that said, Antonio Brown's going to return from suspension. Uh, the fake vaccine card feels a little more serious than it did right. three weeks ago. I'll just put it that way. Mm-hmm. The, so, But he's going to play. So Antonio Brown's basically the number one receiver for the Bucs. Realistically, Gronk is number two, but there's yeah. a number three option for the Buccaneers now open and a four job. There's Tyler Johnson. There's Scotty Miller. I actually am wondering, though, about Brashad Perriman. Could and be I'm an curious option. which you think. So Brashad Perriman didn't play this week. Uh, I believe he's on the COVID list.
2: I don't know off the top of my head. I, to be honest with you, I haven't been monitoring Brashad Perriman closely this week. No, you haven't. I- Even though he did have a walk off touchdown last week, um, I don't know. He's to me, to me, the obvious answer. And maybe I'm incorrect at this, but I, if I'm choosing anybody in this offense, it's gonna be Tyler Johnson, because number one, he's been on the roster the whole year. Um, Rashad Perryman's been up and down. I think on the practice squad, like Tyler Johnson's been basically the number like behind uh, Evans, Godwin, and and Antonio Brown, he's been the number four guy. so I, I think th- the other thing is like he has the ability to play inside in, uh, in the slot, also outside um you know, maybe this is again, this is like my bias seeping in a little bit, but I liked him as a prospect. I think he's a good player. He's made some big time catches. He has, I just like, think he's
0: too young to have fully earned Brady's trust, honestly. And I think well, that's you can what I was going to like,
2: He seems to have Brady's trust. I think that's actually now? pretty damn important. Yeah.
0: Well, so here, here's the thing.
2: I'll say Brady this. goes to him in these, cl- these clutch key situations. I,
0: I, I want to be clear. I love Tyler Johnson and I think he's going to be really good. I think that, if Prashad Perriman were actually playing and practicing, I'd be really curious, but he's on the COVID list, and I don't really want any Brady receiver who's not going to practice leading up to a game. So yeah. I agree that it's Tyler Johnson yeah, because Perriman it, is on the COVID list. This so is I, the, think the caveat, three, the I think that Tyler Johnson is three. The caveat is
2: that we don't know exactly how it's going to shake out, but that's yes. my bet is that Tyler Johnson emerges as like the next guy up.
0: But I agree with you because Perriman being on the COVID list, that opens more opportunities. So it's Bra- Amon Ross St. Brown's one, Gabe Davis is two, Tyler Johnson's three. Mm-hmm. I don't think Scotty Miller's for Scotty Miller is like so. There's a couple. I really I think the next guy is Marquez Valdez Scantling for the yeah, Packers, same because just boom bust. Scotty Miller is like the poor man's MVS because it's a very yes. similar like Scotty Miller's a deep threat, like yeah. you saw in the NFC Championship game. Like Scotty Miller, I think he got that touchdown like right at the end of the first half on Kevin King. If Scotty Miller gets one of those, then it's worth playing him, and if he doesn't, it's probably not worth playing Scotty Miller. But MVS is like a better version of that, so just play on Marquez Valdez Scantling if you need someone. The other ones I'll just throw out, like if you're in a deeper league, Jamison Crowder for mm-hmm. the Jets. If you're in full PPR because no Elijah Moore, no Corey Davis, like James Crowder's getting targets.
2: By the way, if Elijah Moore is out there, someone dropped him because he went on IR, it sounds like he's gonna come back pretty soon here. Um, so monitor that. I don't know if it's this week, but it sounds like he's not gonna have to miss that much more time. So Elijah Moore is kind of like a sneaky ad at this point.
0: That's interesting.
2: I'm gonna I'm gonna pull it up here. I saw uh they were talking about he's going ret- he
0: might return week seventeen against the Bucks,
2: so he can't return before that. So I he I guess he would be, you know, obviously like a championship week uh, stash. It, it's
0: risky to have an injured Jets rookie coming back for Zach Wilson <laughs> sure. against Tampa Bay. I don't know sure. if I would recommend that. Um, but with, that,
2: for- with the amount of injuries and COVID things happening now, though, like it might be worth just keeping it in I, mind. Yeah, I saying. guess
0: you could put him on your IR if you have an empty IR spot. But honestly, yeah. there's so many injuries. I don't know if you do have an empty IR spot. But it's interesting. Anyway, Crowder's still a trench problem. I'll also yes. say Marcus Calloway is like a deep, deep, if you want something. He's the number one receiver for the Saints. The downside is you have to watch Taysom Hill throw the ball, Ugh. and that's awful, so I don't know if I recommend that, but he's there. I don't there. To be doing that. Laquan Treadwell, he has just consistently been getting double digits in PPR. I think that's the ugliest possible recommendation I could make. I'm not saying anyone should do that for fantasy playoffs, but if you're in like a 14-team league, I would do that. The other sure. one I'll throw out there is actually Rashad Bateman, who, again... The reason he's been so disappointing of late is that Sammy Watkins was like Sammy Watkins was the starter for the Ravens. Sammy Watkins, I believe, is on the COVID list. Yep. So if Sammy Watkins misses this week again, and Lamar Jackson returns, I need both those things. Rashad Bateman's a very sneaky in-season post-type sleeper guy, but again, these are all much deeper deep, things. Deep cut. Yeah, the, those are deep cuts. The reality is. Amon Rafi's out there. Gabe Davis, he's out there. If they're taken, which they probably are, Tyler Johnson is a really good, and then MVS. I think those are the ones. Okay. Agreed. And then obvious cuts, like we'll see how KJ Osborne plays him on football, Russell Gage, all those jazz. Obviously, we like those guys too. Tight end. Holy God. Not a lot of good tight ends. (laughs) Horrible. I'm just going to tell you real quick, my number one's James O'Shaughnessy for the Jaguars, and it is absolutely just... Not a fun pick. It's just he had sixty yards, four catches. Like they got no one else to throw to. That's it. It's brutal out here.
2: That's tough. Um, my number one, and again, this is this is we're recording Monday afternoon, so we don't know what's happened in uh, the Seahawks game with Gerald Everett. So I left Gerald Everett off the list more or less, but he's still out there. Um, I went with Albert Okubunum for Denver, who. He's not running a ton of routes, so that's like obviously a concern. But like when he's in there, they're actually seeming to target him quite a bit. Now they have, you know, Bridgewater is out, so I, that's a that's a factor that we have to consider. It sounds like Bridgewater is okay after having a scary concussion yesterday, um, but Drew Locke is expected to start going forward. Um, I don't know, Aku, Akui Boone just kind of. Pops off the tape every time I watch him. He did have He's, five. He targets. looks so
0: good. He seems He's better good. than Noah Fant, honestly. I, it, Noah Fant was like a top twenty pick, and I know. Like, yeah, I'm not. I,
2: I'm not like a fan hater, but Akubunum is good. Like you know what I mean? Um, he
0: looks better than Noah Fant. I really believe that.
2: And so he had. He has had in the last two two weeks four targets and five targets, three catches and five catches. Um, this is digging the bottom of the barrel, clearly. But like, it's better than zero.
0: <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, I'm just torn with Drew Lock. I mean, I have no idea how Drew Locke is going to play with these Broncos. I, I suppose I think they can't Akui really can't get worse. teammate, though. Is, is yeah, I suppose one, is, they can't get worse, actually.
2: So, Akui Bunim, uh did play at Missouri. I'm, I'm double-checking to make sure they're there at the same time. I'm pretty sure they're they college have, teammates. Right? They so, that is maybe just like a sneaky factor here, but um, I don't know. That's Jamar Chase not, Burrow. Not enough to play him in the fantasy playoffs, probably.
0: Yeah, exactly. Okay, so <laughs> O'Shaughnessy, I think, is my number one. You got... I actually don't know to pronounce his name. Alvaro. Alberto
2: Acuibunum, I believe is how you say it, okay. but I could be it's okay. Completely w, wrong. I believe.
0: So yeah. the other one's Cole Komet for the Bears again. Recordings before on NFL football. Maybe I sound like an idiot. Maybe he got hurt. Maybe I don't know. Two hundred yards. I don't know. But Cole Komet, I still think. Yeah. And then yeah. CG Uzoma. But this is awful. Like it's there's no one left. It's there's terrible. basically
2: like a tier of guys who could either ghost you. Yeah, maybe or maybe there's A touchdown. touchdown. Yeah. Yeah. Touchdown or bust. It's just, so
0: it's not good. That's where we are. Okay. Uh, let's get to streaming quarterback. I look, I don't think you're going to need a quarterback this week. Honestly, I think that just looking at this, like there's not a ton of quarterback injuries. Now, maybe there's COVID and stuff, but like Tyler Huntley was awesome. He's the number one quarterback on Sunday itself, but I feel like Lamar's back for next week. Probably sounds like Lamar, maybe out of Tyler Huntley. Otherwise, I don't think you need to, like, I just don't think he's going to play. Cam Newton was great this week, but like, are you really going to stream Cam Newton? The playoffs? I don't think you will. That just seems like you just need him to, get a touchdown. It's a little scary. Uh, I feel like if you have quarterback this week, honestly, it's not the week to stream like Matt Ryan because he's a good matchup. Like you have to roll with whoever you probably have is how I feel.
2: Yeah. I, so a couple the guys that I had written down here as if you're desperate, obviously Justin Fields against Seattle. Again, Justin Fields. We have not watched what's happened on Monday night. So. Maybe this sounds dumb, but uh, he has that rushing upside. That has that rushing floor that we like. He's he's scrambling a whole lot more than he was early in the season, so that gives him sort of like that floor. And he's playing Seattle, who has been pretty bad on defense. Jimmy G against Tennessee. Tennessee's been giving up a lot of points to opposing quarterbacks. Um, and then Jared Goff, of all people, against Atlanta. Yeah, uh, Goff has been very uh, hit or miss. Put
0: it that way. Uh, but, I Realistically, I don't think you're going to stream any of those guys unless yeah. there's co- like you're just not going to. I'm do just it.
2: saying like this is th- th- these are the streamers I would go for if, but if I had getting to.
0: to actual things you should do defense this week, which is immensely important. A lot of really good options that are available. I think number one is the Eagles' defense against the Giants. The Giants gave I think four turnovers on Sunday. They have Mike Daniel Jones. I have no idea if he's going to play again this season. You have Mike Glennon. You have Jake Fromm. Jake from State Farm. Like. In this game, Ugh. whoever plays a quarterback for the Giants, they're a disaster. This is a disgusting. They have the fewest touchdowns of the last couple of years. They just they probably lead the league in turnovers of the last two or three weeks. I bet they're awful, and the Eagles are just going to destroy them there's The Eagles are as good of a bet for like a defensive touchdown as anyone. The Chargers against Houston, I mean, that's just you know that's great, yeah. yeah. Chiefs against the Steelers I I, if they get Chris Jones back the Chiefs are really good at batting passes and Ben Roethlisberger like the key to beating Ben Roethlisberger is like batting passes like they really struggle jump
2: up because he tries to get rid of it after like yeah and it's like that's
0: really like sneakily one of the biggest keys to beating the Steelers is and the Chiefs are as good of it as any team and that obviously leads to like touch like turnovers and picks and touchdowns for the defense so the Chiefs D against the Steelers is actually sneakily really good I think the Raiders defense against the Broncos, if, since Drew Locke is probably going to play for Denver, the Raiders D, again, we haven't seen them play like today, but like I don't care. Like the Raiders D. Drew Locke
2: is the turnover machine, man.
0: Yeah, that's the thing. Like, again, sometimes you can give up as a defense, you can give up like 20 points, but if you get like a lot of turnovers, sometimes it doesn't matter. I, I don't really care how the Raiders D plays today. I know that they have a, like, a, like a lot of defenders just went to the of this for them. Who knows if they're going to play, but at the end of the day, Drew Locke can throw a pick six at any point. Like yeah. it just can happen.
2: Couple galaxy brain ones here for you, Heifetz. Let me tell me what you think. The Jets versus Jacksonville.
0: I had that one written down too. I think that's actually not the worst one. Like, if, I think if none Trevor of the ones you said are available, dude,
2: Trevor Lawrence, I believe, has one touchdown pass in his last seven games.
0: And the Jets, D, like, it's, it's better than the Jags' O is. That's what I'll say. Like, as much as we were like, <laughs> right. oh, the Jets' D is terrible, it's like it is better than the Jaguars' offense.
2: The other one I had on here was Seattle against Chicago.
0: I think, yeah, for the same reason. I think that if Fields plays well against the Vikings, maybe not, but to think the Vikings defense is harder. But again, Fields, as much as we love Fields, has as much pick six or fumble six potential as like there almost any quarterback that isn't Mike Lennon. Yeah. So I, like the Seahawks are a great dart throw, just like, oh, maybe you get a, a touchdown. I'd ri- Ordering this though, I, I, Eagles are number one for me by a lot. Like you just want the team playing the Giants. Yep. I think the charge D against Houston is probably number two. I actually would pick the Chiefs number three and then you could actually convince me of any order for the, but I would go probably go Raiders against Drew Locke. That's really, or but yeah, Jets I against Jaguars. Agree. Yeah. If you lose because of that, you'd feel really stupid for starting the Jets D, but honestly, dude, like it would not be at all shocking if the Jets D like had a great game. And then again, I, I think Seahawks is a really solid one. So there's a lot of options. The last yep. thing I'll say is stash the Patriots defense. If there's a world where someone drops the Patriots defense because the Patriots are playing Buffalo this week and you have an extra spot. I would add the Patriots defense because they play the Jaguars in week 17 The Patriots D against the Jaguars D in week 17 is incredible. Obviously they're not probably going to be available, but check because sometimes people do that. Sometimes people are like, Oh, they're playing Buffalo and you're like, you know, one week at a time, grab them, find a way to get the Patriots D on your roster. If someone cuts them.
2: Yep. I like it.
0: Those are the streaming. Let's do one more trivia question since we didn't actually get to a tight on one. It's from Nicholas,
2: Nick, hold on. Are we, who are we giving the showdown time
0: No, to? there's no showdown time when it's not an actual showdown oh. time. It's not a showdown Can we time.
2: just do the Craig Horlbeck showdown time?
0: I don't think Craig would approve. <laughs> I, he's not here. Screw him. Yeah, let's play it. Screw it.
2: The Craig Horlbeck
0: showdown time!
2: <laughs> I don't know if that makes any sense. That's funny. One of us gets to win, Craig? Yeah, no,
0: we're going to win. All right, this is from Nicholas. Nick. Nick. I didn't say Nick. I said Nicholas. Nicholas. Actually, this works. It's like Christmas. St. Nicholas. How many lightsaber fights are in the mainline Star Wars movies? So, like the, Ooh, the that's nine. a
2: great question.
0: Like the it's A New Hope to Rise of Skywalker. So, like nine.
2: Oh, the oh, like all the all original... nine movies. Jesus, that's not a lot counting
0: more. like um, it's not counting like the one offs or like you know the Solo movie. Solo doesn't and right. but the Rome. nine movies, the three trilogies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How many lightsaber fights? Which I oh, assume means like lightsaber er- versus lightsaber.
2: I feel like the early ones there were quite a few. That really ups is the I ante. Mean, well, I'm trying to decide if like the one scene that I have in mind is like where, you know, Sam Jackson's character is like in that arena and they're doing a bunch of lightsaber fighting with uh, like other people. Or does that count as like, does that actually count as a lightsaber? I think,
0: light? I think anything where there's lightsaber on lightsaber making contact, it count as a lightsaber, <laughs> lightsaber fight. It's not so you
2: practice. You got, uh, I mean, it is, but yeah, shit.
0: Darth Maul going up against, uh, what's his face? I'm only going to, I'm going to, I'm just literally going to say 27. I, I bet there's one per act. <laughs> 27. So three. Like, I, well, th- there's nine movies. I bet there's th- three per movie. I don't know.
2: I mean, that's probably a good idea. I'm going to go a little higher. I'm going to go 45.
0: I don't think there's that many. I think not. I might be even high. That's fair.
2: 20. Lightsaber on lightsaber. 20. So What did you yeah, say? 27? You know why? Because I,
0: th- I think the first set of movies, there's only really two per movie. There's like one in the beginning and one at the end.
2: Yeah. That makes sense. Okay.
0: 20. That's pretty Good work. All right. I win Craig. Fantastic. (laughs) All right. Congrats to me. Okay. Do you want to do so? We're not going to have a Friday show this week. We're done with Power Hour for the year. So, this is actually all we're going to do before Christmas. We are still going to have a green room on Sunday morning to help you guys Mm -hmm. start sit. So, follow us on Twitter. Or if you don't have Spotify Green Room, download the Green Room app. We're helping you start sit at noon Eastern. You can follow us on Twitter and like add us and ask us questions or just go on the Green Room app. We're on there for 45 minutes before game time. You can. Come up on stage and ask us a question. You can actually ch- hop in the chat, follow us on Twitter. Our Twitter links are in the episode description. Follow us there, and that'll be our help for you. Before we're not going to bet for this week. Um, let's get let's do a fantasy court though. If you're oh. down, DK,
2: surprise me with it. But I'm into it. Let's do it.
0: All right. This is from. It's pronounced Rogi. It is Rogge. it's R R O G G E, but it's pronounced Rogi. So it rhymes with Yogi Bear.
2: Nice. What's
0: up, Rogi? So, Rogie. Hey, boo-boo. Okay. <laughs> Long-time listener, first-time caller, I come before you with the need for an unbiased ruling on a fantasy football matter. I am the commissioner of a just-for-fun four-person league. You can Ooh. imagine what it's like. There's co- two quarterbacks, head coaches.
2: There's head coaches? Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay.
0: I actually like that. The participants are myself, my wife, who has a, a basic knowledge of fantasy, my brother and my coworker, Morgan. On draft day, we agreed on the following league rules. At the end of the year, the loser gets dinner for the whole league, the right. winner picks what the dinner is. My brother lives a few hours away, so it'll be a good excuse for him to come and see us. The context is that Morgan, the coworker, dominated the league the whole year. She had Derrick Henry, Jonathan Taylor, the whole thing. She went 12 and 2. The playoff format wow. was two rounds of two weeks each. I like that.
2: 12-2 and two in a four-team league? I feel like there'd yeah. be more parity, but that's, that's yeah, impressive. Know,
0: it seems not. The playoff format's two weeks of two matchups. It's four weeks. Or, yeah, two rounds of two weeks each. Two rounds of two weeks each. Two, I can't speak English. <laughs> two rounds of two weeks each. When Morgan came into work this morning, I was excited to rub it in her face she was losing to my wife because the Bucks fell apart. My wife's team is terrible, so this was a big deal that she was winning. I expected Morgan to be super frustrated, but her response was laughing, and she's like, "Yeah, but I went 12 and two in the regular season, so I get to pick the dinner." I win." And he's like, "What? It turns out that Morgan <laughs> <What>? <laughs> thought that the winner was just whoever had the most wins at the end of the year.
2: Ah.
0: Uh, and then yeah. it was total record, like soccer, I guess, like mm-hmm. like Premier League. She was legitimately shocked. When I said that the winner was the winner of the playoffs and that the regular season didn't really matter that much. <laughs> she was like devastated by this. She was like thought she'd won. She's, Morgan argues the results of the playoffs are unimportant and, I, and that I should have clarified how we were calculating the league winner. Am I going crazy? Do other people play this way? I've had someone argue. I've never had someone argue the regular season is more important than the playoffs. Sorry for the long email. Free free to cut it down. Eagerly awaiting a ruling.
2: I mean, I think it's common knowledge that the playoffs determine the winner. I think that's like vast, vast majority. So that's the way we'd have to rule here. And, and I don't think it's necessarily, I, I would not say as a commissioner, you have to clarify that it's the playoffs. Does it
0: change at all that it's a co worker and it's a four person league? And that um, like this co worker who's not going to buy dinner?
2: <laughs> what? All he really, he didn't have to, it wasn't even that hard to tell everyone what's up. Um, no, I think, I think like the standard, uh, like, overwhelming standard is the playoffs determine the winner. However, I kind of empathize a little bit with this coworker that.
1: Well, it's
0: annoying that everyone makes the playoffs because this <laughs> is where I'll briefly I'll briefly fight for. Look, obviously, there are no playoffs. If unless the winner of the playoffs wins the thing, like if there's a regular season, that's just the season like the, like the Premier League doesn't have playoffs. But having said that, I'll say this. Imagine do you know where, from Morgan's do you know where perspective,
2: Rogi, it lives. Like, is this a cultural thing potentially? Uh, we have a lot of Canadian listeners. I mean, what if it's like a Europe? Like, if he lives that's in a, Europe, all
0: right. Actually, that's a good point. If this is not in the North America, <laughs> I actually might side with. Morgan. Maybe
2: there's like a cultural thing here. That's like a you good said, point.
0: <laughs> well, I'll say this though. Imagine Morgan's perspective that everyone makes the playoffs, no matter what. Mm-hmm. Because she's kind of right. You're that just the turning the yeah. You're bullshit. turning the
2: league championship into like this just massive thing of like uh, luck. Yeah, like you can
0: go 0 and 14 and yeah. win, and then you get to go to the final. Like that's crazy. I get why she maybe that wasn't super obvious. But wait, we uh, were all making the playoffs anyway.
2: This just reminds me. I was I was reading. Um, so hold on one sec. Adam Harstead from Football Guys uh, was sharing some work that he'd done. Hold on, let me pull it up here. Uh basically he he was talking about how you shouldn't really feel that bad if you lose in the playoffs because like the odds of you winning in the playoffs is like so low. And it's so much, you know, just luck involved and injuries. And we saw like this the reason it's so important right now is because we just went through this week where literally maybe the one of the weirdest fantasy weeks ever. And it happened in the playoffs, happened in the first week of the playoffs. Um and Harson, he wrote about how. There's just so much, uh, you know, luck involved. Uh, You know, you could have the best team all year long and then one or two guys get hurt and you lose. Um, So there is sort of this thought that, like, maybe you should enjoy the journey a little bit more and not put quite so much emphasis on actually winning your league. Um, I just thought that was interesting and a little bit soothing for me today because there's just so much, like, chaos that happened in this last week. Um, I think the key
0: to remember is that if you lose, it's like what you're saying. It's really hard to, like, it's, there's a lot of randomness that goes on, and, yeah. you know, you're less responsible for your successes and failures alike than you'd really believe. The flip side is if you win, that's because you're a winner and you deserved it. <laughs> everyone else is right. stupid. You're smart. You're brilliant. Yeah. You make your own luck. Tough luck to everyone who lost. But if you lose, it's like life is random. And, like, how are you supposed to control everything? Let go. That's what, you know, that's, that's the key to life. Yeah. But if you win, you did that.
2: It's because you were so savvy. You're like little finger, just planning You're the freaking and plotting. Best. Yeah, um, but if anyway, you lose, so I, while, like, while I empathize with who's the coworker called Morgan?
0: Morgan. Yeah, I think we have I to rule against Morgan.
2: I empathize with Morgan. However, the overwhelming majority of leagues and therefore, like the standard, is the playoffs determine the winner, and
0: yeah, that's that, generally what playoffs are for. That's, that's okay. What, Sorry, that's to Morgan. why they're there. Yeah. Uh, if you live in Europe, then Morgan's right, though. you have to buy more for dinner that's very clear okay that's all we got thank you dk thank you everyone for listening thank you mike Wargon, for producing this episode we hope everyone has a great holiday week Mm -hmm. great new year's hope everyone stays safe obviously everything's really messed up right now just you know going through christmas going through everything hope you guys stay safe and have a good time and we wish you luck in the fantasy semis absolutely and remember to check out our twitters. We're gonna have updated waiver priorities for you guys as the week goes on. We learn more. All right. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, and Lord.
2: Thank you, the Vince Giraldi Trio. Charlie Brown Christmas. That's like oh, the,
0: the, yes, I love Charlie Brown. The number my one twi- playlist
2: at my in my household at this time of year is the Charlie Brown Christmas. So. I
0: love the Charlie Brown Christmas so much. I love the stupid <laughs> little tiny tree. I I loved, ugh.
2: Calvin is getting really into Charlie Brown right now. I love Charlie. The peanuts or whatever. I don't know what it's called. There's a bunch of stuff on on Apple TV right now. And like, he just is obsessed with it. (sighs) Sorry, Bluey. You're out. Snoopy is my guy. I love Snoopy. (laughs) Yeah. You're uh Snoopy is
0: your, your avatar or whatever on Twitter, isn't it? I loved it when it first, do you have, is your Twitter timeline white or is it black? White. I So what I liked about it, and I don't know if the, 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 daylight
2: mode shade is is still
0: right but if if you go to my Twitter what I liked about it was that it was like the same color background for Snoopy as the avatar timeline so it looked like Snoopy was just floating in the tweets which (laughs) I liked that is good anyway all right that's it all right Merry Christmas everyone and for all the people being like Merry Christmas and Happy Hanukkah from a fellow Jew I'm just gonna say Hanukkah ended like weeks ago you can drop (laughs) it it's totally fine like it's okay